Capcom presents. Capcom presents. Chris, this house is too dangerous. There are terrible demons. Ouch! They accept all my imperfections. Sorry for the disconnection. But here's all the missing sections. You know Mega Brand came equipped with weapons. I don't mean Smith and Wesson's, but the gun smoke will choke ya. We do it for the culture. Lights of the round controllers up in holsters. It's a beautiful world. I'm smelling everything. Take flight and soar on legendary wings. No swagger from Mike Hagger. Wrestler turned mega, turned teacher, turned rapper with mad gear. Leveled up from last year. Trust me, it's dynamite from the third strike to final fight. So I'm going to stay locked in since 83, way past 2010. You never heard of this live ass, the Cap County Podcast. So I'm going to stay locked in since 83, past 2K10. You never heard of this live ass, the Cap County Podcast. And so concludes episode <laughs> 21 of our podcast. I'm not sure why I started it that way. Yeah. Uh, but how are you guys doing? It's been a little longer than normal since we've had a podcast. Uh, rest assured, this is not a slight toward the listeners. It is strictly due to... Are you sure? It's. Uh, I saw your face when you wanted to skip that week. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh, the listeners. Uh, a pox on them. No, uh, we, we kind of... Th- Slid it a week so that it would be timed with the recent uh, Resident Evil goings-on, which we'll get to. Uh, we've got for, a lot of goings-on. <clears throat> we've got a lot of goings-on in general. It's it's a good time to be alive, I must say. Uh, and speaking of which, we'll start with a little news segment. Uh, yes, so first off, Dead Rising Watchtower, the highly awaited, highly anticipated uh, digital live-action Dead Rising flick. Man, this is a lot of adjectives. It got its first uh, little sneak peek trailer. Uh, They call it a teaser, but it's pretty substantial for a teaser. And that will be coming exclusively to Crackle as of March 27th. And it looks like it's going to be a pretty fun cornball zombie fest kind of thing. They they got Rob Riggle playing uh, Frank West. And I don't know how big of a part Frank West is going to have in the movie, but uh, you know, j- just his appearance in the trailer was pretty funny. And, he is uh, like the perfect casting. He is perfect. Character. He has literally covered wars before. Yeah, been, like been in the military, covered the wars, and then had been on Daily Show to have that like comedic, yeah, uh, timing and and training. So it's like, man, you can't ask for Frank West. Like, and he, I mean, uh, he kind of looks like him too. He know, can definitely actually. carry himself in that role. I, I'm, I definitely want to see him. If for no other reason than to see how Frank West is portrayed. Yeah. What advice do you have for those trapped in the quarantine zone? You're basically f***ed. <laughs> That's great. What else we got here? DMC gameplay videos have started going up. Those will be going up every week. This is for DMC Definitive Edition, uh, which uh, also comes out in March. On March 10th, to PS4 and Xbox One. If you missed DMC the first time around, shame on you and I hate you. But also, true, he does. Uh, you have another chance. This game is going to be 40 bucks, so it's a good deal, even though there's a physical release as well as digital. So that's nice. And it's got a host of new features, which we're trying to cover as deeply as possible. It's um, it's funny. The, the features in this are very... It's easy to poke fun, of the, uh, poke fun at them. Uh, like, it's weird because a lot of things that are bullet-pointed mm-hmm. are not normal bullet points for for a game when it's re-released, right? Right. But for DMC, it's like 
for this kind of games, things like manual lock-on. It's quite focused it, on the hardcore player. Yeah, so it's like if you see that and think, like, that's a bullet point, it's like, actually, yeah, because it's, it's that granular. It's like, you no, know, here are the things at the end of the day. This is the these are the kinds of like fixes and and updates that like you might actually find relevant and not like new modes. Like mm. what does new modes mean? Well, now I got to get in uh, <laughs> further and figure out what does the new mode even mean. And I, I I've always held that the Devil May Cry games are kind of, they're kind of games made for control freaks, you know, who yeah. are very picky, but you know, they want to do things their way. That's kind of the whole yeah. beauty of Devil May Cry is you get to fight your way and like inject your own style the, and the Burger King like of video games. And so all these new features are in the name of giving you new, you know, options. The right. manual lock on is optional. There's there's all these other things that are they're not strictly modes, they're modifiers, turbo mode, hardcore I mean, we say mode, mode, hardcore mode, ala mode. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, <laughs> what was the one we showed off yesterday? Must style where you have to have an S rank or higher to do any damage, which is actually super fun because you can just take on like wimpy enemies and just like combo the night away. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's coming March 10th. Or you and could combo 5:30 to 6:30 Pacific Central time away. That's a good idea, and I think you guys should tune in. That's when we do our weekly live streams. Um, we'll be doing every week until launch, maybe even after launch for a little bit. Yeah, the leaderboards well, make it great. Like, uh, I kept playing DMC uh, in 2013 for like another month or two. Yeah, just, I just in like the office, the, we had a little competition going. Yeah, just following you and uh, other friends on my friends list of like, oh, they got this score, well, I can beat that. Like, I love that <laughs> each level had its own leaderboard. Yeah, and each uh, difficulty level too. Yeah, yeah. But uh, on top of that, you know, I think more exciting this time around is that we will have leaderboards again, but we'll also have, uh, you know, the the advantage of social sharing features that the PS4 and Xbox One lend, so anyone who has the game can upload their gameplay videos, which blows it wide open. This is a series where people have been uploading, you know, combo videos. I mean, that, before that was a thing, you know, people with PS2 Devil May Cry were, were somehow finding ways to capture their footage and uh, get it out there, but now any player can do that. Yeah. I remember where I was talking about this. Was it on, the, was it on this podcast? Like... The notion of recording your gameplay, like I used to record, uh, like Super NES Genesis gameplay. Oh yeah, like by hooking two VCRs together and like the game into the VCR, and somewhere in my parents' house is me playing through Secret of Mana, Man. like with with no VO because it's just a VCR. But like, it's, yeah, it's the links like, you would have to go to to record yourself yeah. playing a game in the in that the desire 90s. has always been there. I think yeah. for gamers, so like th- that's. To me, has been has always been the most exciting thing about the new consoles is that you can capture footage and and upload it yeah, or take screen easy. grabs like like PS4 has like yeah. a one one button touch kind of thing. We've actually yeah, I've been I've been playing through Alien Isolation and just constantly taking screens because it's such a beautiful game. It's good stuff. I kept meaning to do that. I've been playing Mordor and uh, oh, yeah. digging it, and I keep meaning to actually take more advantage of the screen sharing. Uh, I love I love the share button. It's like it's made for community managers. <laughs> uh, another news, Metacritic just uh, put out their game publisher rankings uh, for 2014, uh, which is divided. First they have the major publishers' rankings and then mid-range publishers, which uh, includes Capcom. But uh, to my delight, Capcom bag number three in the mid-size publisher ranking, uh, but their uh, av- or our average meta score is actually up a couple points from 2013, which was a good year in and of itself for us 
And uh, our ranking this year in terms of Metascore is actually higher than the number one major publisher, who I will not name. Uh, but you can check that out if you're into the whole stats thing. Um, I think that's a nice little Akalad. So it's like a mid-sized sedan? It's or? like, uh, yeah, that's kind of what Capcom is. <laughs> and uh, that's, uh, if you look back on the year, that was the year we had Strider, Dead Rising mm. 3, Resident Evil 4 HD on PC, uh, the Ace Attorney Trilogy. Um, Ultra? Ultra Street Fighter 4. So it was a good year. And this year is poised to be even better, I would say. On that note, uh, the Resident Evil remake finally came out, and uh, it's been kicking a lot of butt. Yeah, the response has been really, really strong, and uh, it's just been performing really well, and people are happy with the game, and it's all around uh, good news. So I kind of want to keep that train going on on Unity. Uh, The fact I need to start specifying Capcom Unity, given the propensity of the word around the engine or the whether Assassin's, the Assassin's Creed, Creed game, the engine, the, the Capcom concept. community site, uh, Cunity, as it will now be known, oh, yeah. uh, is now, uh, oh, just do like a speed run contest or something. Like I have some, they're older prizes, but it's, I don't know, well, I'll try to find some stuff that makes it fun for, because uh, people are already posting their times because the game tracks like you beat the game and People beating it in two and a half hours and stuff. And Resident Evil has always had a strong speedrunning community. Something yeah. about it. Yeah, I. Uh, but yeah, even when I go home, I've been playing through Remake at home. <laughs> and even though we've, you know, I've worked on the game since August. Actually, yeah, and I mentioned this earlier. I think I, I named, oh, I came up with and then named several of the achievements in the game, the trophies and stuff. So that's, that's kind fun. of that's kind of a first for me. So I, it's fun. Uh, like I did the beating Neptune where you. Uh, it's deep sixth for destroying the <laughs> giant mutant shark, uh, which I was very happy with. Um, but things like that were just weird little, like, I don't know. I like being able to tinker with games in that way and slide your little... Uh, it's your, nice your, to leave a mark. Leave your mark on it. It's cute. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's been good, doing great, and I'm, uh, I hope people are enjoying it. So. Uh, on, <laughs> speaking of enjoying it, on the PC, they've, they've wasted no time in the modding community. They're already putting the old PS1 voices back in. Uh, yeah, well, Too well, hilarious well. effect. Yeah, that's good. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I saw there was also a mod where they had removed all the doors. Oh, yeah. So for people who really want to, like, book through the game as fast as possible. So, yeah, that was so... <sighs> As these games, same thing with Revelations 2 and Raid Blood, which we'll talk about here in a minute, but with Remake 2, it was like so many people who are just getting into the conversation, you know, late, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. where they're like, I saw so many, like, the game was hands-on for the first time, it was the PlayStation experience uh, mm-hmm. back in December, and even, but even looking through forums and comments where there are people like, the Jill Sandwich line is gone. It's like, <laughs> it's been gone for 12 years, yeah. like, it's... You could have started kindergarten and graduated high school in the amount of time that that line has not been in the game. <laughs> like that's just bonkers to me. But it's that's like, probably why they didn't know. They were, yeah. Well, that's also school. true. <laughs> but it's like you knew to know the PS One one and not even have any <laughs> knowledge of the remake. It it just shows that how how necessary the remake yeah was uh, the re release because so many so many people, so missed, many it. people missed it, especially at, at the PSX. Like the, if they're if this is generally a PlayStation audience, they've probably never played this. So, it, it was an important... Uh, yeah. Well, and I think it was Game Informer that said that this is pretty much the best entry point for the classic survival horror formula. I mean, I, I, I think so, but that's my, like, 
Remake and RE4 are my two favorite Resident Evil games because I think they're they're mm-hmm. both the best sides of those two coins. Yeah. Or of the coin, they're the two best examples. Very strong. I don't know it's... where this metaphor is going. I'm, <laughs> I'm just dropping the coin analogy altogether. On the other side of that coin, uh, no, I, I'm also one who missed Remake when it, when it uh, first came out and even when it came out again on the Wii uh, so it's been it's been great for me going through a, something very familiar, but still being surprised by all the changes they put in. You know, yeah. like they were very clever about uh, playing to the fact that a lot of the, the consumers would be people that had already played the original RE. So like yep. the, the dog window, but it doesn't actually break. You just it like breaks a little bit. Yeah, and even things like the door to the that cemetery that goes down to the death mask room. It's like that whole area yeah. is new and the whole Lisa Trevor thing is new. It's like, there's, it's, it's so much more than like, I mean, it's a remake. That's, that is. is what remake in my mind. That is what a remake is like. Same thing with twin snakes. It's like, you know, whether you like what they added or did or not, it's like mm-hmm. that to me is a remake, like new assets, new VO, new everything. Like mm-hmm. it's, uh, was twin, I assume twin snakes recorded new VO. I actually don't remember. It did. I think it they must had, have. Yeah, I mean, the, the, cut, so the cut scenes were all, like, re-choreographed and everything. Yeah, well, yeah. I think they had the director of Versus involved in that, if you've ever it, seen that movie. The cut scenes are uh, Matrix-style. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's what that guy did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, like, that's, that's, that's a great remake for me. Like, truly a remake. And that's why this one, we never called it a re-remake. We never, we were not remaking the remake. It's... We're enhancing what we had and bringing it to new yeah. platforms where people couldn't play it before. And again, gorgeous game that you can now take screenshots of. So yeah. uh, that's a nice thing. <laughs> yeah. It's also fun. I don't know. There's something about horror games that are very fun to stream, I think. You know, like, I, I guess it's just like sharing that spooky experience with other people. Just something fun. Or like sharing your horror. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it goes back to like when RE1 first came out. Like, I the story to death but like i took it to this like party and the point wasn't to go play games at a party it's like a bunch of us like we were high school so we're probably you know 15 i guess we must have been 15 uh we're all hanging out and having a party and i just brought this game and somebody had their playstation because we were playing some there was some other game like hey if you guys want to play some two-player sports game or whatever it was like you can play this and i brought re because it had just come out and it just turned the whole party into this, like, turn the lights off and everyone <laughs> huddle around. And, like, you know, in a weird sense, that's the equivalent now of streaming. Like, yeah. one person's going to sit and play, but everyone's kind of watching and, like... Making kappa faces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very difficult to concentrate. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's a shared experience. So even if you're watching uh, a stream, it's like you can kind of, you know, have this shared experience of, you know, uh, don't open that door, don't go in there, or, you know... I don't know. It's a universal appeal. Yeah. I feel like so far everyone I've talked to who has the game on next gen has been streaming it. Something yeah. about it. Um other news, Revs two pre orders, uh that's sorry, Resident Evil Revelations two pre orders are, are up on Steam now. They were already available on PS three and four, but yeah. now uh, you can get them on Steam. You can order the complete season. Uh now listen close, because this is this is a mouthful. You can get the complete season which is twenty four ninety nine. Would you believe I have all this memorized? I I would, but I'm impressed. <laughs> I, I have had I'm, to, I'm I have, staring at. I have my, had to my notepad. You want to do it? Do this feel. Yeah, you can. Down, you can pro. pre-order, pre-purchase on Steam, pre-order elsewhere. Is the idea of uh, the complete season, which is twenty four ninety nine, 
complete season comes with episodes one, two, three, and four. That's mm-hmm. the episodes released episodically every Tuesday. That's February twenty fourth through March seventeenth each week. Oh. Um, and then on March seventeenth is that's the release of episode four as well as the retail disc in stores. If you don't want to buy them digitally and just like I want a disc, I want it all in one spot. Mm-hmm. I want it to work when the dinosaurs take over and there's no more internet. <laughs> like. It could be dinosaurs, it could be ants, whatever it is. Oh, man, can we get another Dino Wars before that? Oh, the NES game? Yes. Man, with a Z? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, a thousand times, yes. Destruction of Spondylus or whatever? I had a different game. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Dino Wars, everybody. Don't look it up. It's probably not good anymore. Oh, man. I'm going to guess it's not good. I don't think it ever was. But that box art with a robot shooting a it robot. It looked rad, A right? robot dinosaur. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's the, the complete season is twenty four ninety nine. You get the you get the game, you get the bonus episodes, which are like extra chapters outside of the main story, featuring Moira and Natalia. Mm-hmm. Um, you get Hunk in raid mode, mm-hmm. and you get uh, I think those are the things for the complete season. Yeah, that's it. So that's twenty four ninety nine. Uh, you can also episodically buy the episodes five ninety nine a piece, but you'll be buying them piece by piece. As mm-hmm. so, you know, when you got if you want to get hunk, you're gonna have to buy that separately, and it, it just gives you the option of like I don't want to go all in, but for right. twenty five bucks, you're you are saving some money. Or on Steam, there's the or the disc equivalent, which is thirty nine ninety nine, is the complete you know game full right. game thing, which is everything I already said: episode one through four, the two bonus episodes, hunk in raid mode. It also includes Wesker in raid mode. Mm. Um, looking looking fine there. Uh, you're also going to get uh, extra raid maps, which is the throwback map pack, mm-hmm. uh, right out of Boot Scoot Boogie, I believe. <laughs> is uh, those are throws back to previous RE games? Yeah, so recent, recent games. So uh, raid mode, and we'll get in raid mode more specifically in a second. But raid mode, uh, it already features like some RE6 and Revelations one maps, and these are uh, additional maps. Um, you also get the co- uh, character costume pack for for uh, well, much like how Revelations had costumes where right. you know here's this costume that costume uh revs 2 has a similar thing so you get a costume pack and that's 39.99 on steam or as a disc when you go uh to the store um yeah but all this dlc will be available so it's not like if you don't want to buy the disc you just want to go you know you want to do the complete season and then that's 25 bucks and then you'll kind of figure out where you want to go from there if you want to mess with anything else all that stuff is going to be there. You're not going to have to like, well, now you can never play as Wesker because you didn't <laughs> buy the disc. It's like it's not going to be like that. We're not here to punish anyone. We just want it to be, and it sounds convoluted to as many people. As, it definitely you know. sounds confusing as hell to go like, well, the complete season. Uh, but the the reason it's confusing is because it's trying very hard to be like, here are so many options. Yeah, because the easiest thing is like, here's a disc, or it's digital only. Like, but here is like. I mean, that's just part of this age we've entered where pretty much all games are at least good. And there's a lot of them. So you've got to be, I mean, like, you've got to have a way to to stand out and and make it an appealing buy for people. You know, people don't necessarily want to drop 40, 60 bucks all at once. Um, I'm among them. (laughs) And there's that extra element of, uh, you know, for one month you get to have this experience of, episodic so it's like yeah and the, the game is very much like revelations one divided into these chapters where these episodes where they end with kind of a cliffhanger and they mm-hmm. want you to come back but it's like now for four weeks you can kind of have this fun of a, having this re experience where mm-hmm. like what happens and we haven't gone into much of the plot details of the game but like 
there's a lot to chew on for fans because it is episodic. It needs to end with a, well, what's going to happen next? Right. And they, they want to have, of course, that suggests there's going to be story elements that are going to make you want to see what happens right. next, which makes it difficult to talk about what happens later in the yeah. game because you're spoiling the equivalence of, like, you know, the series the season finale of a show. You don't want to talk about it when the game, when the show hasn't yeah. even started. So I think they call it the water cooler factor. Yeah, that's the hope is uh, we all hang out at the water cooler and uh, eat donuts <laughs> and talk about the game. But uh, yeah, so but but if you're also not really wanting to mess with that, there is a disc. Just buy the disc. Well. There's yeah. a disc as well, and avoid spoilers. It's, fun, it's yeah. funny to me because we were already actually doing episodic without doing it. Uh, with Revs one, yeah. you know, it had like the the straight up like last time on Revelation. Yeah, like, what do you mean last time? I've been sitting here for two hours. Yeah, and, and I mean, like, and then also the episodes like they're not like these aren't like thirty minute things where you're gonna play through and in forty five minutes you're done. Like each episode contains Claire scenario, Barry scenario. Uh, each episode comes with additional raid content. So when you buy episode one, you get episode one, which is That's part cool. part Claire, part Barry, um, and Raid mode stuff. So you'll unlock, you know, this chunk of raid mode. If you buy episode two, you're going to unlock more maps of raid mode. If you buy episode three, you're going to have more episodes of raid map, raid mode. So by the time it's all said and done, raid ends up with these like 200 missions hmm. across a bunch of maps, across a bunch of difficulty settings. So if you know Revs One raid mode, uh, it's it's similar. But like the video I put up uh, this week on our on our Capcom Unity Videos YouTube channel, we ran through it with Okabe-san, hmm. the producer. And I mean, you start in this lobby. And this Red Queen voice is telling you, you know, you got to run these drills like my little guinea pig. And, like, you're, there's a reason, you know, a quote-unquote reason why you're doing raid mode instead of just Revs 1 where it's just menus and you deploy and go on this right. mission. It's, actually it's, gave it a sort of you're in a room and you're, you know, you're being put through this test chamber kind of thing. So that's why you're doing it. But you end up blocking. There's going to be 15 playable characters, and we haven't even really gone into all of those yet. And... Just all the different ways to customize the character, and uh, I mean, what all else is there? Like all these active and passive skills, and custom parts, and like it's a very dense mode. Life Crystals thing is more like you will start the game with some already, and then the idea is if you fall mid-mission, like if you go on a raid mode mission and you get it's a you know it's at this 10, 15, especially in Revs 1, when you get really high up there, some of the missions can be 15, 20 minutes long hmm. uh, or more. Um, and if you die, it's like, well, I gotta do this whole thing over again. It's the equivalent of like being in Monster Hunter and you die thirty minutes into this thing. Right. Kind of like, Ugh. it's happened to me. It's yeah, boy. Uh, but for raid mode, it's this idea of like, well, this is a completely separate mode that is about grinding already. So right. the idea is like, hey, if you don't want to go through this whole map again, you can use one of these blue life crystals and you'll just revive right on the spot with all your life back, mm -hmm. and then you can push through the rest of the stage and get to the end. Mm -hmm. Now you're. You know you're ranked on things, so you're probably not going to get the highest 
you know, rating for finishing because if you died, it stands to reason you're not doing that great. <laughs> so the idea of like using these blue crystals and kind of just pushing your way all the way through 200 missions, like that's probably not going to happen. Um, and I've played a couple hours already, and I haven't even used one of those crystals. So yeah. like the idea that, that the idea that like we're going to make it so hard that you're going to have to use these things, like uh-huh. that's not. Right. Uh, I don't know. I've I've yet to use one. But it's... the idea is that you can also, if you don't want to, mess with getting more blue ones, which is done through you log in every day you play these daily challenges which is like oh do this mission with this character and complete this task and it's all within raid mode it has no effect on the story mode at all right and there's also stages that don't even allow respawning so it's like <laughs> th- there's like criteria where it's like in this stage you gotta you know protect this thing and no you can't even respawn so this one the crystals <laughs> don't even factor into it it's 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 not a i don't know so at this point, almost thirty minutes into the podcast, maybe we should back up and like let people know what raid mode is. So that's another thing. Yeah, like there were so many people who uh, they saw like life bars above the zombies' heads. What is this? Like is this Uncharted? And I'm like, wow. <laughs> I guess gaming. Well, I guess we kind of assumed people knew raid, but then I realized like later, like oh well, yeah. I mean, raid mode was only in Revs one and. If you didn't play the 3DS one and you didn't really pay attention when it got re-released on consoles, like you could totally have missed what raid mode was to begin with. Yeah. It's not like Mercenaries that's been around for 10 years. Well, I mean, the RE3 one's not quite the same, but mm-hmm. the name was there. And even RE4 is 10 years old. So Mercenaries, as we know it today, is definitely 10 years old. Mm-hmm. People know Mercenaries. There's no debating that. Yeah, absolutely not. I could go <laughs> right across the street, that hotel. I'm sure they know. Uh, hey, you know a Mercenary... I don't know what accent that is. Uh, anyway. California? Yeah. But uh, raid mode, yeah. So the idea is much like Mercenaries. It's a completely optional secondary side mode where you go through maps from the main game. It's kind of like Mercenaries. But instead of Mercenaries where it's like you with waves of enemies coming at you and you just got to survive and there's a clock and the, 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 the your in performance is based on this balance of staying alive longer to get to be alive longer. Mm-hmm to be able to kill more enemies to get a higher score, but then the waves get harder and harder and harder. Mm. So there's also sometimes where if you, if you die, you'll just lose that whole progress. But mm. so there's sometimes when you just want to run out the clock because you're like, I'm comfortable with this score. I don't want to push it because like, oh, I'm, yeah. getting, I'm getting surrounded and I'd rather the clock, blah, blah, blah. People know mercenaries. Raid it's mode like is... Blackjack. Yes. Gone high enough. Um, oh, yeah, there you go. Raid mode is... You hop in a level, you have a starting point, and then there's an end point, and you kind of, like, hit this goal, you kick it, and they go, like, I did it. Mission complete. But in between there are enemies from the game that have life bars above them, because now it's got this, you know, to make a shorthand reference, it's got this kind of Borderlands thing where Hmm. the guns have these attributes that are mix and match, where you take custom parts and tweak the... um, uh, you know, this, you know, increase the firing rate, increase the ammo capacity, increase this, increase that, and... uh, between each gun and you get random loot drops and this gun may be the exact same as that gun only it has four slots instead of two Mm. and the firing rate might be faster but the ammo capacity is lower so you get all these drops and the enemies have life bars and when you shoot them the hit points like come up like 32 32 32 like you you can see the exact damage that you're dealing so you can see the performance increase or decrease of the weapons you've been messing with yeah but then the enemies have these abilities where there'll be an icon next to them so this guy's going to have double strength or this guy is going to be on fire and, <laughs> and deal extra damage. So you can equip ice ammo That's right, and shoot ice elementals. ammo at them. And, like, there's all kinds of stuff in raid mode that's, like, this is meant to, like, go in and 
customize the hell out of your character mm-hmm. and play with friends online and go through all grind through all these maps until you get to this upper echelon of like like really challenging stuff. And Smart. even there, I suspect most people who are you know you know experienced mercenaries or raid mode players from Revs One like. Mm-hmm. I don't know that the blue crystals thing is ever, you know, it might, it, it may, it may be eventually, but like, again, I've played for a few hours and have not used one. I mean, I'm, I'm also one of those people that doesn't, I don't like the idea of using one of those things anyway in any game. Like mm-hmm. I like going through it and I like playing Tony Hawk like 10 years ago, like 15 <laughs> years ago, almost. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Oh yeah. no. 15 years ago. A little disturbing. Uh, so uh, for half to- my life. Yeah. For like Tony Hawk two, it was like, I would, Two and three, it would be like, the moment I start the level, if I do one thing out of place, nope, restart. Yeah. Nope, restart. I don't even want to see what I would have got because I don't like how that started. Like, yeah. and a kickflip went wrong. I didn't land this manual. Nope. Restart. We're going to so, bring it back to DMC here. Yeah. Which I compare to Tony Hawk pretty much daily now. Yeah. <laughs> and same thing with raid mode, where, like, if I get in and, like, I get hit and knocked down, like, nope, restart. Or if I die, it's yeah. like, I don't want to revive because I've already, for me, it's like I've, I have not performed well. Right. I need to erase this one. It's one of those things where ultimately the player sets their own difficulty but yeah. because they set their own standards. Yeah. But um I thought one thing I thought was interesting, we did this uh like an Ask Capcom live stream kind of thing where we had uh, Okabe san who is the producer of Revelations 2. And uh, at one point uh, he described the the game the raid mode specifically as a hack and slash game. Yeah. And that blew my mind because I know it was like I immediately knew exactly what he meant, but there is no hacking and slashing in raid mode. Yeah, you have a knife. I mean, you do have a knife, but that's not like right. It's not a hack and slash. Yeah, you know, it's not and not in the sense that we would think of it. But I think I don't know if this is just like a Japanglish kind of thing, or if it's like just a Capcom culture thing. Like in Capcom Japan, they just use that term. Is that because Japanglish the new English? That's what I oh huh. That's what English is. I uh, for some reason I I've always said Japanglish. They're kind of different. See, English is like bad English. Japanglish is like reappropriated English that is in common use, like anime. Like uh, yes, or uh, family restaurant. What? Uh, that's what they call restaurants of a particular style in Japan, like Denny's. But Denny's, mind you, in Japan is a completely different experience. Yeah, it's it's a different experience. It's actually quite nice. <laughs> but, uh, you know, whatever, whatever the case, you call it a hack and slash. And I thought it was funny because if you look at raid mode, it is super comparable to stuff like Sengoku Basara where, like, it's all about, you know, constantly upgrading your gear and then the enemies upgrade with you. And you just kind of, like, I mean, it's about the grind and, and like, this constant euphoria of getting stuff.
one final note, though, uh, about uh, Revs 2. I posted on uh, this week um, the updating Barry video. Because mm-hmm. um, when we went to TGS, we filmed two videos. One was updating Claire. And then, even though we hadn't announced Barry, I had an inside line at Capcom that told me Barry was in the game. <laughs> uh, you might say I already knew. Uh, so we, re- we recorded a Barry video there at the time. And uh, that posted this week. Um, which uh, just goes in to talk to the producer, the director, and the art director. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talk about uh, just updating Barry for 2015, what, he, what he's been doing since we last saw him, right. how they arrived at his current design. And uh, it didn't make the video because it didn't really make, make <laughs> sense. But like uh, none, of it, none of it was coherent. So, uh, so I deleted the whole thing. <laughs> and I updated a seven-minute black screen. In fact, uh, Barry's out. <laughs> In fact, I don't think I work here anymore. Yeah. Uh, but no, it was uh, Takamatsu-san, uh, the art director, he, in between, like, where I was like, oh, okay, um, tell us about this. And just kind of, as this aside, he's like, oh, and I also worked on uh, the Silver Samurai Sprite for uh, <laughs> Children of the Atom. And I'm like, what? Just, like, throw that in. Like, yeah, but it's like, that's, by the way. that's what happens when, like, these, the like, same thing with, like, Nintendo or companies that have been around for a while and still have a lot of the same people working mm-hmm. And you you usually only see these handful of names, you know, rise to the top for public appearances and mm-hmm. stuff. But there's all these people working behind the scenes that, like, made all these things you love. So, like, randomly hearing, like, oh, I'm currently the art director for this game, which is, like, a good title. Because, like, you're <laughs> leading the, you know, the, the visual style. Yeah. Like, that's a big job. But then, like, oh, yeah, then, you know, 10, 15 years, like, tw- at that point, 20 years ago. Oh, yeah, I designed that Silver Samurai Sprite. And I'm immediately taken back to, like, you know, ni- early 90s arcades and thinking, like, wow, I was in high school, and that guy had already done, like, that many cool things. Yeah. <laughs> and what have I done? <laughs> and here I am just asking him questions. I don't know. It was it was just really cool to just this weird little tidbit. Like, I, it makes me want to ask every single person I meet now, like, what did yeah. you what, Well, what's the funny thing about the games industry is they still don't really uh, elevate um, a lot of the creator, like there's usually one face to it per title, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's usually a producer who, God bless them, uh, they're not, they, they don't usually like make the games, you know, that's not their role. Um, it's like a movie producer; they don't make the movie, <laughs> right? They help the movie get made and are crucial to its oh, yes. creation, but they didn't direct it, they didn't score it. But there's didn't... there's all these under celebrated people that are, I mean, they they've created these things that are. Deeply buried in your, you know, in your, yeah. in your nostalgia, you know, like the the art director uh, for Strider last year came out of the woodwork for a video, and this guy like did all these illustrations for Strider too, and it was like all these famous pieces of art that didn't have a face to them. He's just like on the ca- he's on camera for like thirty seconds to like, Wait a minute, <laughs> I'm a real person. Somebody get that guy's name. <laughs> but um. But I think the games industry also just doesn't do, uh, especially from the 80s and 90s, like, there was so much, like, uh, there was no time for reverence for for their own stuff. So, like, we were revering and idolizing this stuff and and tucking it away and saving all our Nintendo powers and and instruction manuals and, like, really committing all this stuff to memory. And then it's like, oh, is there some, like, really good archive of, like, all the art from, like, you know, some random NES game? Like, hey, do you have every piece of everything you <laughs> used to make Willow for the NES? It's like, of course not. It's gone. Like, it's that's gone forever. They were just there was just such a different time. And it's know? just and it's just because like people didn't like 
man, I'm making this thing that people are going to love and mm. adore for their life. It's like we're making a game that we believe in. We did it. We feel we did a good job. Great. Let's do another one. Mm-hmm. We got another idea. And the dev cycle is so much shorter. Oh, yeah. And they can just crank them out. And then you end up with all this great stuff. And as such, there's just not a lot of, uh, what is that, preservation. Well, Japan is also really big on uh, like things that are fleeting. <laughs> what is it? Transience? The transience of all things. So uh, maybe that's part of it. They purposely don't preserve Uh, well, I, I guess that's a good time to move on to our community question. Last, uh, Not last week. I do this every time. Last episode. Uh, last episode, we asked you what makes you a Devil May Cry fan and how important do you think difficulty is uh, to Devil May Cry and Devil May Cry-like games? Does it matter or would it be just as fun if you were fighting a bunch of lifeless dummies? Um, we heard from a bunch of you, uh, including people who didn't seem to want the giveaway prize, which is an art book, so uh, that's a good sign. You just wanted to comment because you wanted to comment. Uh, but Dante is a genius, I think, uh, stands out as the star commenter. This person tattooed the words Devil May Cry, the logo from the original game, onto their car and uh, had a lot to say about the series. I'm a huge fan of the original Devil May Cry Games, books, manga, soundtrack, everything. I own all the games, including the HD collection. I own all. I also own the manga series, books, DMC3 official soundtrack, and made my own shirt with the Devil May Cry logo. I tattooed the logo to the back of my car, posted a photo of that. And did I mention that my UMBC3 team is 66.6% DMC? <laughs> so I've also invested well over $1,000 on my Devil May Cry cosplays. We do. Wow. Dante and Virgil gender bends, uh, and with plans to do more in the future. Uh, that's awesome. We appreciate your fandom, and uh, that's pretty cool. I think I'm going to send you that art book. I have to PM you, but I, I think you've earned it. Yes. What did they say? Why or are they just saying like, "Here's my"? Oh, why they like, like what made them a DMC fan? Yes, they did. Um, Say, the games present challenges and clever puzzles that a lot of other games lack. So seriously, in DMC4, I still can't get over how clever the Shadow Riddle was in Mission 8. Uh, that one stumped me, actually. I won't spoil it since we're re-releasing the game, but uh, there's a shadow-based puzzle. Mm. Um, says, I felt so accomplished when I figured it out. Additionally, the characters are really well-developed and good-looking, and their stories are interesting, unique, and oddly relatable. I'd like to hear about that. <laughs> um... Even in the case of bad guys, the plot of each game is always put together very well, except for DMC2. I didn't understand that one at all. Uh, I'd say revisit it, but I don't know. Well, you already have the collection, so it's at least it's baked in there. <laughs> uh, and etc. Then, does difficulty matter? Yes, a difficult game is an engaging game. A game that is not engaging may as well be a movie. I don't entirely disagree. I don't entirely agree. <laughs> so <But> I, we're, <laughs> we're the same? <laughs> Cancel each other out. Yeah. Comment rescinded. I definitely <laughs> get the point of like, there's a lot of games that are not hard. They're just perseverance. 
Uh-huh. It's like as long as you keep continuing and retrying, you'll get to the end of the tube with enemies in it. It didn't see yeah. the ending. Um, there is fun to be had in that, but I definitely uh, prefer this kind of. I just look back at uh, Okami uh, as a game that I think uh, was pretty much universally seen as very easy, but I think I think it's one of the best games ever. Oh, made. for sure. Well, that's it's that also game. trying to do a different. Thing, I mean, yeah, I it's not it's it's not an it's not a stylish action game. To me, the thing with stylish action, though, like I, I've said it a bunch of times, but like I actually would argue that uh, the game would like Devil May Cry would still be fun if you're just fighting a bunch of like meat dummies, you know, <laughs> that did just stood there. Because yeah. ultimately, to me, uh, the the most fun thing about Devil May Cry is trying to come up with these combos. You know, mm-hmm. it's almost comparable to like making up a solo on a musical instrument. I see. So uh, I mean, and that's why, like, I I can go into DMC uh, into the training dojo and just like waste half an hour in there just trying to come up with cool like runs, you know. Yeah, there is a there is a fun of just getting in that. I mean, it's like grinding combos in Street Fighter. Just being like, I wonder if I can do this. I wonder if these things link yeah. together. I wonder if this will be effective in a live environment. Yeah. Um, I mean, ultimately, I guess you do want to see those, like, uh, you know, be able to execute those against sentient enemies that are posing a challenge. Yep. Um, what else? Yes. Uh, user Dewey writes, I never knew I was a hack and slash or Devil May Cry fan until I randomly picked up DMC Devil May Cry. I was instantly glued to the screen because it didn't take me long before I started doing pretty things and the entire game was just set in a gorgeous world. The game kept me craving more, which resulted with me going back to the older Devil May Cry games and similar ones, though not positively... Though nothing positively surprised me as much as DMC did. Maybe that's just my Western attitude talking. It doesn't matter. Uh, I think th- I, I like this comment a lot because that was kind of the whole idea was to, yeah. you know, open people's eyes, like find an audience that we were missing and open their eyes to why this genre is awesome, uh, you know. And I think it, I think it did a good job of, you know, combining the essence of that genre and that series and also Western game philosophy and uh, art art style and. It all comes together in a way that I think surprised everyone who gave it a chance. Oh, I, I mean, it. you look at the reviews. I loved it. I thought, uh, I mean, DMC1 is my favorite, probably at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I just love that, like we've talked before, that noir yeah. kind of feeling to it where he does feel like he's running this investiga- it, investigative uh, mm-hmm. thing. But DMC was probably my second favorite. Uh, yeah. I, I always, I like. Bounce back. It's like a it's a total mood thing for me right now. DMC is my favorite again uh, because I've been playing it so much. Uh, like to make these videos, right. it's just I'm falling in love all over again. And just seeing the combos people are making uh, online, it's I, just yeah. unbelievable. I know you like three a lot. I like three a lot. I like four a lot. I like one a lot. <coughs> Next topic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. For this week, uh, I actually stole a question from uh, the Resident Evil forum on Capcom Unity. Uh, user Sherry Birkin was asking, what support character people would like to see return in uh, Resident Evil in the future? Huh. Uh, be it Sherry Birkin herself, uh, perhaps Billy, um, who I don't remember what happened to. <laughs> um, 
you know, there there's so many characters in the RE universe, uh, and we pretty much constantly get requests for so and so to come back, even characters presumed dead. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so let's put it up to a proper poll. What do you guys? Who would you want to see back? Uh, and we're talking support characters, so maybe ruling out the likes of Claire, Jill, Chris, um, and Leon. Yeah, it's weird because I part of me really likes how each of them is in one game because it tends yeah. to flavor that game a little. Mm-hmm. I did like seeing Sherry return, uh, mm-hmm. and I liked her design a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked – they didn't get to do a whole lot, but I did like when they would talk about her being a kid in that crazy scenario mm-hmm. and what it was like kind yeah. of after that. Uh, man, I want to know what happened to – why did he bite me? Why did he bite <laughs> The, the like, truck driver? Yeah, like did he uh, make well, it to the next guest no, stop? I'm going to guess if he was bitten, then he's done. Anyone who has not died on screen is fair game. That's true. I hope that guy comes back as a boss who has been biting his time <laughs> for years. Biting his time, is it? Why do you bite me? <laughs> Why do you bite my time? Uh, yeah. Um, Burnside, he'd be great. Tofu Monster. Tofu Monster. Man, Ada doesn't really count, per se, but you do sometimes play as her, so and she helps you. Yeah. But Six was very much, like, in a weird way, became Ada's story more than anyone else's. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of Ada. But I, I don't know. I, I still... She's one of the characters I like the most because there's still at least a mystery to her and and a grappling hook and a grappling hook. So I'm already down. She made our grapcom list. (laughs) (laughs) So like, I I don't know. And, and Ada's part in six was my favorite of the whole game was her campaign. Like I really liked, uh, I would love to see some Ada action, but, uh, not quite sure what form I would want it to take because perhaps a puzzle game. (laughs) Cause I mean, she just lends herself with a grappling hook, man. What a yeah, those are cool. Swinging around, slinky dress, stuff. fighting stuff. I don't know. A gun. But we leave it to you, the listener. To yes. Let us know in the comments of the blog post where you found this podcast. Or if you found it on iTunes, go to CapcomUnity.com and look for that thing. In the forums, <laughs> I guess? There'll probably be a post on the website. It'll be, it'll be in the blog. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that'll see us out. Thank you guys for listening and talk to you in another couple weeks. Bye. <laughs>